Radio. Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Welcome to Color Me Dead podcast, episode 158, I think. I think I got that right. We're on Dahmer part five. Is it? Yep, part five. And sorry it got drug out. It's, yeah. So, before we start, do you want to know where to find us on social media? If you want to find us on social media, you can. We are at Color Me Dead Pod for Twitter. We are the Color Me Dead Podcast on Instagram. Color Me Dead Angel, if you want to follow my personal account and do that at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Or Gory underscore Nikki. You can also find us on Facebook, kind of, sort of. We have the Color Me Dead podcast page. Um, We don't really do a whole lot with it because Facebook fucking sucks. They hate, they hate us. So, that being said, you should probably just use Instagram. I just went blank. I'm like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what you should do. And quite frankly, since they're pretty much owned by the same entity now, there's, it's only a matter of time before I fucking get kicked off at Instagram too. So. Right. We've both been kind of staying low on the social. Um, you can also go to ageofradio.org. You can listen to our show there. You can find our our podcast and many other podcasts there. You can listen. You can shop the bazaar. If your apps aren't working, you can go listen there because sometimes some of the apps don't work. I know on Spotify there's one of our episodes that will not play. So if you're having problems with that, go to ageofradio.org slash color me dead podcast, I think. I don't know. I'm failing here. Nope. It's just color me dead. It's just color me dead. It's just color me dead. And you can also donate to the Patreon there, or you can go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash color me dead podcast. If you want to check out our Patreon, we have pledges from a dollar all the way up to 75. Perks go out every three months. Let us know if you don't get your perks because we've had some things returned and we've had some things lost. So we definitely want to look into that. And we need you to go in and update your addresses. Yes, we please can't do so. Do it. We can't do it from our side. We've had people send us their addresses, and we can't do it from our side, so you have to do it from yours. We can't audit your stuff. Mm-mm. If you want to get uh, merch, if you don't want to be a Patreon, or if you do want to be a Patreon and you still want merch, you can go to colormedeadpod.threadless.com, or you can go to legracreations.com, and you can get... Merch from either one of them. McGraw is more... Custom. Custom. Yeesh. Um, you can email us. It's colormedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send things to the snail mail at P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. And that is all. Okay. Of those things. 
Those things. So the books that are used in the research are the Dahmer book by Stephen David Lampley, A Father's Love by Lionel Dahmer, which I didn't use as much because it was more of like a personal side. It was a good read, but I didn't use it too much. And the Jeffrey Dahmer story, An American Nightmare by Dan Davis. I added that book into this last episode, which I didn't use it as much before. It had a few more um, details. So before we start, though, I wanted to say that somebody put a post on our um, Facebook. And it said, things that go with peanut butter. And somebody posted light sex. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I think it was Alex, but I can't remember for sure. I typed this in right after it happened, thinking that I would remember who it was, and I didn't. But yeah, you win. You win the internet for that day. So before we start the whole episode, I keep saying that. Before we start, before we start, how about this? We're just going to start off by reading something from a father's story that Jeff's dad is talking about. Um with a conversation that he had with Jeff that is fucking disgusting. So this, this started, it was the day before, um, he was scheduled to be sentenced for child molestation. Um, Lionel went to his mom's house to help Jeff, like go to his court appearance and help pack his stuff. He had packed most of his clothes, but as I went through his room, I found a small wooden box with a metal rim. It was about one one foot square, and its lid was tightly sealed and locked. What's in here, I asked. Nothing. Open it up, Jeff. He didn't move. I could see that he was agitated, but carefully controlling it. His nervousness confirmed what was then my suspicion. I had previously found a few pornographic magazines and suspected that he had others stored in the locked wooden box. Since I didn't want my mother to happen upon such things, I demanded that he open it. But why, Dad? Jeff asked. There's nothing in it. Then open it. Jeff suddenly grew very alarmed. Can I have one foot of space to myself? Do you have to look through everything? What's in the box, Jeff? Just one square foot, Jeff asked. He looked hurt. Just one. I remained adamant. I want to know what's in that box, Jeff. Jeff did not move to open it. I turned and started for the basement to get a tool with which I would open the box myself. Jeff Jeff leaped in front of me. He whipped out a birthday check I had written only a day before and ripped it up. I don't want this if you can give me one foot of privacy. I stared at him silently and Jeff very quickly calmed himself. You're right, Dad, he said. It's magazines. It's the kind. It's that kind of thing. But just leave it for now, okay? It might upset Grandma. I'll open it for you in the morning, I promise. He walked back into the kitchen and tuck, tucked the box underneath, <clears throat> underneath his arm. I'll open it in the morning, he said as he disappeared into the basement. The next morning, Jeff returned with the box. He took a key from his pocket and opened it. See? I glanced down to a stack of pornographic magazines. Get rid of that stuff before your grandmother sees it. Okay, Dad, Jeff said obediently, and then he closed the box and returned to the basement. So guess what he later found out was in the box? A penis! A human head. Okay, well, I was really hoping it was a dick in a box. I know, because then he could be like, who put this This dick dick in in a box? Who put this dick in here? Yeah, like, it was way later that he found out that it was a human head. Um, that would what, be, what would you even say, though? Uh, if you demanded that your child open up something that was locked, 
because you feared that it was something terrible, right? Except for he really just thought it was porn. Did he, though? I don't know. Or did he think that there was possibly more in there? Because if he, if he suspected that it was just porn, right, then why would you demand that the box be opened? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's... And I, I'm sure that's, that's my thing. If you were under the impression it was just pornography and perhaps some really torrid stuff, you know, then why would you demand that the box would need to be opened? I don't know. Because you really thought that there was something worse in there. Well, because the smell, he was probably like, what the fuck is the smell? And maybe he only thought it was like a dead animal or something. Like, I don't know. I don't think a human head is the, the I don't think that was on his radar brain, but Definitely, like, if you're under the impression that there is some really graphic rated X shit in a locked box, right, and that's what you truly think it is, then you're going to let it be some really filthy shit and be like, get the fucking box out of the house. But if you stand there and demand that something be open, then in the back of your mind, I really believe that he was like, there's drugs or a finger or... A dick. A dick in the box. A dick in the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I know that he beat himself up over that too. Like, what if I had just opened the box? I would have saved 16 people. Because they, well, 15. Because I think that was one of the first ones. I don't know. I don't know exactly which head it was. So I don't know how many people. <laughs> but it would have saved a few people in the teen amount. So... We last left off where he had murdered Conorak and then took a day off to dispose of the bodies because they were getting stinky. Um, in the American Nightmare book that I added into this episode, it said that Jeff had oral sex with Conorak after he passed out before he went for beer. So the other book, they kind of contradicted each other because it said the Lampley book said that they fell asleep together and then he went and... The other book said that he passed out. Jeff gave him some oral sex and then That's got so bored. Weird. Yeah, then got bored and went. And got beer and then came back and that's when all the other stuff happened. So I'm not exactly sure how that all went down. It's hard to get everything, you know, completely right because the only person there was Jeff. And who knows how many versions of the story he told or whatever. So, around June of 1991, he bought a 57-gallon industrial drum to store body parts, or body sludge. I don't care what you call it. On June 30th, um, Jeff was headed to Gay Pride Day in Chicago. He met a man at a bar and offered him $800 to go back to Milwaukee with him to take nude pics and spend the night. This fellow was not taught that $50 is $50 because... Clearly. He said no. Like, fuck, for $800, I might do that. And this was in the 90s. For $800, I am 100% doing it. Right. If you murder me, you murder me. If you don't, I got $800 and some dick. I mean, I am <laughs> I am not a proud person. $800? $800 is, like, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. But if you give me $800, that's a couple of truck payments, bitch. Like, you want to see my butthole? 
Yeah. What what is it? What do you think you need to see for eight hundred dollars? For yeah, I'll show for you my real. kidneys from my vagina. I don't give a fuck. I'll shove that thing all the way up in. I'll do it like a fucking hustler centerfold and open my flaps and be like, put a little light on somebody's head and be like, Godspeed, little buddy. Yeah, little buddy. Give him a fucking canary and be like, if you get lost in my manhole. Then it's that's on you. Whistle. But where's my eight hundred dollars? I want my eight hundred dollars. I want payment in advance, or we can do half now, half after I'm done. I don't care, but I'm doing it. Well, on the bus a ride home after he got turned down by eight hundred dollar man, Jeff met a twenty year old black male named Matt Turner, aka Donald Montrell. Why does everyone have AKAs? And it's like a, nor- a normal other name. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. Like, why was everybody running around under a fucking alias? I don't know. Was that know. just like the cool thing to do then? Was that like a a time period thing? I don't know, but maybe we should start. I'm going to think of a new name, an AKA. All right. I'm in. I still want one, but I want it to be just a normal name. So they could be like, why do you go by that? I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I fucking felt like it. That's high. <laughs> why do you go by that? Fuck if I know. Matt had been living in a halfway house for runaway teens, so he liked the attention from Jeff because he hadn't really had any from anybody. So he he really liked having attention and was like, sure, $50 is $50. Um, he offered Matt money, obviously, to go back to his apartment, and he agreed. Jeff paid for both bus tickets from Chicago to Mil- Milwaukee, and he didn't waste much time after getting to the apartment to give him a rum and coma. <laughs> He's strangled. Are you thirsty? Here. Here you go, little buddy. This is a rum and coma. A what? A rum and coke? Do you mm-hmm. like rum and coke? A Cuba Libra. <laughs> Jeff strangled him with a strap once he had passed out and then dismembered him. He kept his head wrapped in plastic and then some of the other organs that were wrapped in plastic and put them in the freezer. Like, here's a head plastic wrap and some other organs plastic wrap is what I'm trying to fucking say here. But I can't say it. And the rest of the body was put in the 57-gallon drum in his, like, I I think it was in his bedroom or his living room. I can't remember. One of the two, but it was a small apartment, so it didn't really matter. It was in his house. He kept the victim's ID because it was later found in his apartment when he got busted and shit, so they know that that's what he kept for this guy. The victim was never reported missing, however. Um, If anybody's keeping count at this time, I know it's been drug out for a long time. This is number 14. Jeff was visiting Chicago quite often at this point, and it's only about 90 miles away from Milwaukee, so the bus ticket couldn't be that much to get there, and it's not, you know, it's not that long. To Milwaukee. Milwaukee. He was either at gay bars or bathhouses, and from what I gathered, he had one-night stands a lot, and a lot of the times, even if he wasn't murdering, he would use the rum and coma to do so because he didn't like the interaction of the other male. He didn't want them to move. So weird. It is really weird. I don't like it. Like, I wonder if he had some really bad sex. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you know when you, you know when you get into an entanglement with somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and everything about that intimate encounter is fucking off from the get-go, yeah. like from the way they touch you to the way they touch themselves to the way they move, their rhythm is fucking wrong. And it's just like, it's watching, it's like watching your drunk uncle fucking dance at a wedding. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And you're like, please And you're don't. like, oh my God. I wonder if that's why he enjoyed the no interaction thing is because then everything is just the way you like it. Right. I don't know though. I don't, so I don't weird. fucking know. Cause I like interaction. Like, well, of course do something. Make Unless it it's the bad interaction. Right. You have the bad touch. Fuck. Yeah. Only the good touch. If it's a bad touch, just don't touch me at all. Fuck. 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 I'd rather not have any than have it bad. Well, on July 5th, his travels to Chicago, in his travels to Chicago, he met a Puerto Rican named Jeremiah Weinberger. He did not have an AKA, unfortunately. Jeremiah was a customer service rep in Chicago. They met at Carol's Bar on Wells Street. Jeff offered Jeremiah money to go back to his apartment in Milwaukee, which they did, so they rode the damn bus together. And But that was after they stayed at the bar until like 4.30 a.m. Then they got on the Greyhound and went to the apartment. So, they had oral sex and Jeremiah spent the night. The next day, Jeremiah acted like he was going to leave, so Jeff gave him a parting drink. <laughs> hey, if you're going to go... <laughs> Here. Why don't you suck this down real yeah. quick? And I don't know if it was a coffee like he gave Conorac or if it was another rum and coma, but here's mm. your parting drink. There's nothing in it. I promise mm. drink it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's best if you hold your nose. Yeah. When he passed out, things went a little bit different than the other encounters. Jeff drilled a hole in his skull and put boiling water into his brain. Mm. It did not make him a zombie as Jeff had hoped. And he ended up dying two days later because Jeff strangled him. He got sick of having the zombie that wasn't doing what he wanted and it wasn't working and nothing's going my way. So he strangled him and he died. Jeff took pictures of him as he dismembered the body. He put the head in the freezer and the rest of the body in the 57-gallon drum along with, I don't know who else, the, the last guy with the AKA. Jeff, at this point, was pissing off everybody at the chocolate factory. He was either late or no-show. He was told to be on time or else. So we bought an alarm clock. Let me tell you that the fact that they had to put in there that he bought an alarm clock makes me wonder why the fuck he didn't have one before. How do you just not have an alarm clock in the 90s? We didn't have fucking phones. I mean, we did, but they were on cords and they sure as shit didn't have an alarm clock in them. I'm legitimately trying to think of how one would just operate without. Maybe that's why he was late all the goddamn time. Maybe he was one of those people that had like a fairly reliable internal clock. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Hmm. Maybe he didn't sleep very much because of all the fucked up shit he did all the time. I don't know. Yeah, that too. But... His room at this point, so shit's going bad at work. His room is literally cluttered with body parts. Like, literally. We'll go over it in a minute how literally it was, but literally cluttered in body parts. And his neighbors are complaining about the smell. He was more than likely going to get canned at work. Um... This is when the American Nightmare book said he bought the big drum with the hydrochloric acid and started putting bodies in it. So I'm not sure exactly when it happened. So I don't know if he bought it before. 
and put him in as he did it or if he had the body parts laying around. And then when he bought the drum, started putting him in, it's it's a little bit vague there as to when that all happened. Like if he just had decaying body parts laying around, then was like, hey, you know, I'm going to get a barrel to put that in. Either way, it's fucking gross. On July 15th, he was finally fired from the chocolate factory. That same day, 23-year-old Oliver Lacey was the next unlucky guy to come across Jeffrey Dahmer. Oliver had just moved from Chicago to Milwaukee. He took the money that was offered for pictures and other things. And when they got back to the apartment, they stripped down and gave each other body rubs. Then, Jeff served the special drink. Once Oliver was asleep, Jeff strangled him and had sex with his dead body. He was dismembered like the rest, but his head was put in the fridge and his heart was also kept in the fridge. He ate the biceps that were tenderized this time because nobody likes rough meat. (laughs) I do, (laughs) but not that kind. (laughs) (laughs) He cooked it on the skillet with shortening and said it tasted like beef. I don't want to. I guess um, not having a paycheck anymore made it tough to buy groceries, so luckily he can improvise. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Jeff had a probation officer named Donna Chester. They talk about it in the American Nightmare book a lot about her. I kind of left her out a little bit, but... um, He obviously had a report to her after the whole Chomo thing and going to jail and all that stuff. So, you know, she knew that he was an alcoholic and that he couldn't manage money. So his stories were rarely believed by her. He called and said that his grandma was sick and that he had taken days off uh, for that and all this other kind of shit. And that's why he had been missing work. And that's why, you know... He was late to work. He just can't handle all the shit that's going on. That's why. She told him to go downtown and talk to a union rep. He told her he hadn't bathed or shaved for three <clears> days. <throat> and she said, come down anyway. Um, he must have agreed like to make her happy. Been like, all right, I'll come down there. Because she's like, you need to get your job back. You have to have your job as part of your probation. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. All right, I'll be there in a minute. He didn't. He didn't be there in a minute. On July... 19th he was riding the bus but ended up getting off because he was irritated by every single thing on it like the signs on the bus that said don't smoke or the you know whatever it was anything and everything was irritating him on the bus which I can I can probably relate to that 100% that <laughs> I can't nope no fucking no, it was way like the people the signs the everything was just fucking irritating him nope so he gets off of the bus, and when he gets off the bus, it's like there was a present sitting there. It was 25-year-old Joseph Bradenhoff. He was sitting at the bus off with a six-pat of beer. Pat? A six-pat? Do you have six-pats of beers here? Six-pat. How about a six? Maybe he was going to the plane station with <laughs> yes, his six-pat. With a six-pat of beer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, in Jeff's, this is Jeff's world. Platter, championships, Hello. Hello. They started talking and Jeff, nope, Joseph told Jeff that he was in town trying to make money for his wife and three kids. Jeff saw the opportunity and offered his money for pics and such. He's like, oh, I have a way you can earn some money. Come here. Let me take pictures of you. (laughs) 
They went back to the apartment and took pictures and had sex. The famous rum and coma was shortly distributed. Once now, he, would that be regular sex, or are we doing light, light sex? Is this light sex? Light or, sex. I'm not sure what we're what doing today. What kind of today. slicks are we having? <laughs> we went to Salt Lake the other day, and I had a whole, like... What is light sex? Is it this and this or this? And Chris was like... He just stared at me. I was like, sorry, it's been bothering me. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it, Dude, it'll things will randomly pop into my head. While I'm at work and somebody, you know, one of my coworkers will be like, Angel? And I'm like, fucking light what? sex. What the fuck is light sex? I know. It's driving me nuts. Like, <sighs> Stephen Lampley, if you're listening. What the fuck is light what sex? What the fuck is light sex? If I have to message you to ask you what this is, it's going to be awkward. Like, dude, I'll but make this fucking answer. weird. Yeah. I don't care anymore. I need to know. I must know. Well, once he passed out, Jeff strangled him. Uh, he kept the body for a few days, and um, he, like he kept him long enough that there were maggots on his head, and then he was like, all right, I guess I better do something about this. He dismembered it, um, dismembered the body, and he kept the head and put the rest into the acid thing. Um, this was kill 17, and this was the final. That was the end of Jeffrey Dahmer's killing spree. So... We've got 17 bodies. Some of them are at Grandma's house. There was one in the river. They're all over the place. Yeah, there was the one in Ohio that he put in the trash. And But for the most part, a lot of them are in his little one-bedroom apartment. Like That's fucking chilling. icky, dude. <sighs> like, I get frustrated when my trash... And my kitty potty box gets a little odorous. You know what I mean? The fuck? There's maggots on a, on a head in your shit. Like. Yeah, like this morning I was like. Um, just like, I wonder if it's like that scene out of Seven where they walk into that, that room where the dude's been strapped down to the bed and fed drugs until he like yeah. deteriorated. And there's all those fucking little Christmas trees yeah. hanging around. Yeah. Like, how would you even fucking hide that smell? I don't know. And that's what I was thinking about today, because I was like, when I got ready to leave, I was like, please make sure all of the trashes in this fucking house get taken out, because they stink. I can smell something that stinks. I don't like it. I literally did that same fucking thing. I went into my pantry, and I'm like, either something is dead in here, or there is something fucking bad at the bottom of that trash and i ended up taking the trash out before i left because the smell in my pantry of course i have to hide my trash can so you know because my dogs are dickheads and also cats um so thankfully when people come over to my house they don't smell the fucking monstrosity that is my trash can but yeah whatever the fuck was in there was enough you know yeah yeah so that's trash that's no body parts he's got fucking illegitimate head cheese bodies Chilling. It's a good thing I can't eat cheese anymore because that head cheese is actually really fucking. I know. Now I can't ever think of it the same way. Sorry. That's all right. I'll be like, oh, head cheese. I want some. No, I don't. I well, you know what, head cheese. You know, when you find out what it is, you actually have to like go and fucking brain bleach yourself so that you don't know what it is when you're eating it because that's it's fucking gross. Mm Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like chitlins. Well, don't worry. That's not where the story ends, though, because there's more. On July 21st, he tried picking up two Hispanic males at the mall. 
He offered them a hundred bucks. It's fifty dollars each. Um, and they stopped. Like they agreed, and they were headed there, and they stopped for beer on the way to his apartment. But they bailed. They were like, "Fuck this! Fuck you! We're out." We're not doing this. They I wonder what changed between mall and house. That's what I'm wondering. Like, maybe, did Jeff say something or do something that elicited that response? Or were they? did they just, like, come to their senses and they're like, fucking 50 bucks. Right. Like, did what they, are we doing? Do you think he prepaid them and they were like, fuck this bitch? Oh, and like... Fuck this shit, I'm out. Maybe. I don't know. I mean... If you can get the money first and then bounce, like, I probably would too. I definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You, you get don't your money for nothing, me. and you fucking tricks for free. For free. Well, um, at this point, Jeff knew that he was going to lose his apartment, and so he he didn't have a job. He really didn't want to get a job to try to fix it. So he had a plan to dispose of all of the body parts that he had in his apartment, but he didn't carry that out fast enough. Because he had planned to, like, let his apartment go. He was going to go live at, like, some homeless shelter or whatever and, and do whatever. But he didn't do that fast enough. Because the next day, which was July 22nd, he was at the mall. What the fuck is he doing at the mall? Is he just trolling for dudes? It's got to be what he's doing. <clears throat> I don't know. The mall used to be, like, the place to go, though. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Like, when <laughs> when we were younger... And we got to go to the city. Fucking take me to the Crossroads Mall. That was three stories of shopping and entertainment and arcades. I still, to this day, want to go fucking check out the Mall of America. Well, right. When I go to Salt Lake, I think mall. Like, that's the first thought of Salt Lake. We have to go to the mall. We got to go to the mall. For what? I don't know. But I think we were conditioned Mm -hmm. that way. I don't know. The mall's still pretty fucking happening in Utah. I don't... Like, somebody... Somebody in a larger city where you guys actually have options (laughs) to go and do shit. Do you hang out at the mall? Do you guys still go hang out at the fucking mall? I don't know. I go to Lush. I only go to Fashion Place or City Creek. Where else has Lush? If they don't have Lush, I don't need to go to the mall. There's one in Farmington that has it, too. Who the fuck goes to Farmington on purpose? Me. Tumbling competitions. Okay, that's because you (laughs) have a reason to be there. But, like, why the fuck would you put a a nice store like Lush in Farmington? There's a whole shopping center there that I didn't even know about. There's Bath and Body Works. We went to Spirit Halloween because it was October. There's Build-A-Bear. Starbucks, 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 Lush, Lush. I don't know what else because all I care about is Lush um, and Bath and Body Works. So I like the lotion. Because I, I was going to say when I lived in Houston, I never went to the fucking mall. Ever. I did when I lived in Grand Junction, but because Target was there. <laughs> but and it t- wasn't just to out. hang out. Time I actually out. was shopping. But I said big city. Yeah. Grand Junction is a city. It's the only place I've lived that had a mall, though. So that's all (laughs) I have to compare to. So, because like when I, yeah, dude, when I, when I lived in Houston, when I lived in San Diego, I didn't go to the mall. Like if I went to go do, if I had to shop, I knew where the fuck I wanted to go and that I went to those specific stores. But like just to go and hang out and find shit to do, I never went to the mall. Well, I still don't do that in Salt Lake. If I'm going to the mall, there's something that I fucking need there. It's usually at Lush. 
Yeah. Bath and Body Works or Hot Topic. Okay. I was going to say, I go to the same, I go to the same stores like Orange Julius, mm-hmm. The Buckle, mm-hmm. Hot Topic, Lush, and the goddamn container store. I don't even dare go in there. I don't dare. I love the container store. I don't always buy things. But then, you know, like if I go, this is completely off topic. There are days that like I map a whole fucking 24 hours out. To shop at the mall? To shop at the mall. Because I can do shoes, clothes, makeup, containers, bath and like bath and body product, my pet stuff, and then I can hit the fucking pretzel booth on the way out. We always go when we go for hockey and it's like Spencer's, Hot Topic, Bath and Body Works, Lush. I know exactly where all of those mm-hmm. are in Fashion Place and oh yeah, no, mostly fla- Fashion Place. That's usually where we go. I don't go to any other malls anymore. No, I don't either because like my brother lives really close to there. So we're, if we're out there, we're usually Fashion right Place there. is kind of my, like that's my neck of the woods. It though. always has been my go-to though since I was little. That was my favorite. After like Fashion Place and Crossroads and Crossroads doesn't exist anymore. So Mm-mm. I know. Lame. Anyway, I think he was going there to have dinner. I think he has dinner. He has some pizza and beer at the mall. But that's where he was when he saw 32-year-old Tracy Edwards. They'd crossed paths before, like they'd seen each other just passing, never talked or anything. He was a 32-year-old father of six children. 32 is kind of old. Mm -hmm. It's about where Jeff was at that point, too. But considering like the... What he had previously been mm-hmm. shopping for. Yep. Um, I this isn't. He's black, and I saw a picture of him, and he looks younger. You know how black people black tend black people to look do that though. Younger. Like they got they got good genes. They really do. They have that skin, the pretty the skin. Per- I know. Yes. So he really does look younger. I saw him. I would never peg him as a thirty-two year old father of six. And I don't know if they were, like, estranged. I think that they were not together, him and his wife, but whatever. Uh, Tracy was at the mall with his friends when they ran into Jeff. They all started talking, and Jeff convinced them to come just drink beers. This is what Tracy says, and it kind of matches what Jeff says, even though it doesn't match everything else, the previous, with the pictures and shit. Um, Jeff was sly and somehow convinced Tracy to come with him alone and then gave the other two um a fake address to meet them at later in a little bit i don't know if they were going to go do something first and then come meet him but Hmm. that's what happened tricky so um they went to the nasty ass apartment they went in had a few beers and they were watching the fish in the fish tank i'm sorry i know what you're gonna say and i agree if somebody opens the fucking door to their place and that's what the fuck it smells like in there, I'm not going in. Nope. Nope. No. I'm not either. It's fucking I'm, gross. And you could probably smell it from the goddamn hall. Like, there, what is that dude, smell? Then no. you walk in and that's it. I it's a, no. And you can't even. I don't like it. Anyway. Mm. Not that I go into other people's houses and open the fridge, but what the fuck if somebody did? What if they did? Ew. Anyway, we'll get there in a moment. I don't know. I totally do. 
I'm that person though. Like I will help as soon as you are like, come on in, me casa su casa. Fucking bet, bitch, yes, what's is. in the fridge? I want because I am looking fridge. for goddamn snacks. Yep, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were like drinking beers and watching the fish in the fish tank, like you do. Okay. And Tracy said that there were um, pictures of men's torsos all over the place, and they said that they weren't like they were just, you know, they they were attached. <laughs> <laughs> when I first read it, I was like, hey, that's Wait weird. Wait a minute. That should be your first sign that there was just severed torso like, pictures. Dude, big red flag. But I, okay, I get it. Like, they were if just, they were like, just like sensual yeah, photos. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so those were hung up where you could see. I even wrote, still intact because that. It's what? a good thing. <laughs> well, you know, based on the amount of dismembering he was doing, yeah. you really do kind of have to specify because he took some Fucked up pictures of people. He did. But after a few beers, Tracy acted like he wanted to leave. So Jeff was like, one more drink. He Mm. probably couldn't fucking breathe in there. Well, um, he kept asking him when he was taking the, after he drank the last drink, he kept asking him if he was getting high. He was like, are you getting high yet? Because, uh, that would a weird thing to say. Right. And... He got impatient because it wasn't, like, having very much effect on him. So he got really impatient and grabbed a pair of handcuffs and tried to handcuff him. He was only able to get the handcuff on his left hand, and they were struggling to try to get the other one on his right hand. But he also had a butcher knife, and he's now, like, pushing it into Tracy just above his heart. Like, I don't know if he was cutting him yet or if he just had it sitting there. But he said, Tracy said his face just turned to pure evil and jeff told him you die if you don't do what i say well luckily for tracy he was a very fit man and um jeff wanted to see his body so that was like a stipulation he was like well show me your nakeds and so tracy unbuttoned his shirt to i can't make... say that i blame him because most right? most black dudes are pretty uh mm-hmm. pretty built yeah <laughs> I would want to see the same thing. I'm just saying. I, I, sorry. I don't mean to be crude <laughs> or cruel or unkind, but like y'all have nice meaty thighs mm-hmm. and like you're just naturally kind of built. Dude. Yep. Yeah. So he um, unbuttoned his shirt and Jeff was like, okay, all right, we're good. Well, I don't know how or what happened because this is a long period of time, but Tracy was able to keep him happy for four hours. Dennis. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know. It, they, like, it doesn't really say that they had sex or anything. Or I don't know if he was just posing. Like, eh, take pictures of me. Don't kill me. Four hours is a long time. But I don't think it was pictures either. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. But um, they decided, Jeff was like, let's go into the bedroom. And Tracy was overwhelmed with the horrible smell that was in that room, as you can mm. imagine. The pictures in the bedroom were worse, though, because these Hmm. are the dismember photos that he had hanging up in his room all over. There were pictures everywhere of that shit. The pictures he saw in there were of carved up men before and after photos, pictures of the meat that had been cut off their bodies. This is where the famous Dahmer pose pictures were. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the fucking Dahmer pose... Still, three books. Three books, internet searches, videos. I can't. 
I can't find it. I know where to go. I, I really do. Like, I know where to go to acquire these photos. I've seen... And I'm not fucking going there. I saw the pictures. Like, I found where to find the pictures. I fucking looked at it and a million other ones, but I can't find a description of who the fuck he did it to. You found Was all it, of them? No, I found one. I found the one black guy that we saw at the... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the... Yeah. So, I know where I to go to see all of them and and likely get the information that we're looking for i'm not going there i'm not willing to do that you guys can find somebody else that's willing or do it on your own and if you find it don't show it to me but tell me what you find like did he do it to everybody like i'm i'm down to look i'm just not going to that fucking i'm not going down the dark alley no no required to yeah. get them. I didn't like this. Hey, like, man, I've been there before, and what is there is fucking not good. Not safe for human consumption. Yeah, the one was good for me. I'm good. So. Like, I'm going to tap out with just the one. So. Plus, I feel like if you fiddle around on the dark web enough, you're going to end up on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ick. Well, um, the, he had the Exorcist 2 playing in the background. And Jeff... Jeff has, like, he'll repeatedly mention in interviews and everything that that movie made him feel evil and ready to kill. That was his kill movie. And he watched it a lot. So he has it playing in the bedroom when they go in there. Okay. He told Tracy that they would be watching that movie because that was his favorite. And so Tracy, like, was, he knew what was going to happen. And he was trying to figure out how to escape. He kept making several trips to the bathroom to try to figure out a way to, like, he was, like, casing the place, I guess, trying to figure out how the fuck he was going to escape without, you know, Jeff getting to him. Um, But he was trying not to upset him. He didn't want to go so many times that... It becomes suspect, and then it's, no, you can't go. Yeah. So, at some point, Jeff forced Tracy to the ground. He told him that he was going to cut his heart out and eat it, but he wanted to take some pictures of him first. When, well, okay, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Since you ask nice with a knife. Yeah. He turned his head to get a camera or something, so he's got Tracy on the ground. He's pinning him down, but he turned his head to get, like, a camera or tools or some something. He wasn't sure. But Tracy, with everything he had, reached up and punched him in the face. And knocked Jeffy sideways. Tracy got up and kicked him in the stomach just for a double tap and bailed. Luckily, as he's running out in the street with one handcuffed, handcuffed, we have a T on the end now, one handcuff on, he's waving at the police car. There's a police car just patrolling the area. There just happens to be because it's not the best part of town. So that could literally go like one of two ways. You could get shot or you could get help. Right, you're like half naked or full naked. I'm not um, exactly sure what the handcuff. Are one, a black man, which even now to this day is apparently not a good thing to be if you're having interactions with the police. No offense to my police buddies. I'm just saying current events, you know. Right. Um, also, you're in a bad shady area with a handcuff. In the like middle you, of the night. You kind of look like you ran away from somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? A little bit. Like, are you? should you be in jail? Should you be in a jumpsuit? Yes. Or do you, are you just having some kinky sex? Or, or... were you doing some... 
Some rum and coma. Some rum and coma. <laughs> Some light sex. We having light sex with just one handcuff. That's what makes it light. You <laughs> can only light. you can only put the handcuff on one hand and yeah. then pretend that, that the other got... one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We got it figured out now. <laughs> We're just gonna make our own rules up as we <laughs> yes. go. So he, the police car drove over to him and stopped, and he told them what happened. And like as he's telling the story, he's like trying to comprehend what happened because like as he's telling it he's like is this fucking real like did this really fucking happen to me and um so the officers were like really dude really okay whatever so they agreed to go to the apartment and they knocked on the door well jeff all calm and cool and collected like he is opens the door because he's got out of it before so why not get out of it again right because before he had a fucking dead body on the floor and got out of it. So he was like, all right. But that's when you you get a little too uh, confident, a little too self-assured, a little cocky. Exactly. Like, I got this shit. There was dead people on the floor before. And you left. Well, last time he had a, uh, like, his victim wasn't very conscious. He had no clue what his own name was. This guy knows what's going on, so this is a little bit different. Um, the cops asked Jeff to give them the key to the handcuffs so they could take him off, and he's like, Mm-mm. no, because he didn't want to walk away. He didn't want to walk away from that front door area and allow them to come in and see things or follow him into the bedroom to see where it was because it was in there. Aren't handcuff keys universal? I thought. I thought so, too. But I feel like I remember something saying that that was different because they had tried it and it was different. Hmm. But I don't, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, they kept telling him to go get it. They were like, go get it. Go get it. So I read two different stories on this. Uh, one of them said that he kept telling him no, that he wasn't going to go get it. And then one said that he went to go get it, and Tracy was like, "No, he's got a knife in there. Don't let him go in there." So I'm not, mm. I'm not sure what happened here. Either way, they began to wrestle him and the two cops, and he because he lost his temper. He was like, "You know what? Fuck you guys!" And they were wrestling, which landed him in handcuffs. <laughs> he lost <laughs> both hands. <laughs> yes, they read him his rights. And then they started to look around the apartment once they got in there. And Yay for you! Yes. What they Jackpot. found were power tools, mm-hmm. Polaroids of dismembered bodies, mm-hmm. bloody mattress, human heads. So fucking much more. We'll go over what they found here in a moment. Um, so these cops that went in there had 30 minutes left in their shift. <laughs> Well, oh, fucking every time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That every they were, time. I bet they were like, why did we have to go? Dude, I, f- I genuinely feel for people that get sucked into heinous shit. 30 minutes before their shift is it's up. fucking every time. I don't care if you're a server or a policeman. Obviously, you know, server isn't going to have a table of 16 dismembered torsos and fucking heads come in, but... It always, like, even me working for youth detention, I could be clock watching and, like, start zoning out and disassociating and just staring at the fucking wall. 
45 minutes before my shit ends and then hear my, hear my radio go off and it'll be my control agent telling me that we've got an intake and there's multiples and it looks like sheriff and city and county and did it. And I'm like, fuck, fuck. We like, can you, I'm going to be here for goddamn ever. Can you just wait for 20 minutes? I'm like, are they drunk and or high? Are they suicidal? Because then they have to go to the hospital to get clearance. Medical clearance. That's the only thing that'll save me sometimes because I don't fuck around with children. And you're like, whoever's coming in for the day shift, can you get your pass right fucking down? Uh, well, and, but I, I make sure. Like, if somebody's, if somebody's bringing a youth in, and especially when it's super duper late at night, have they been drinking? Do they appear to be intoxicated by drugs and or alcohol? Because if so, then they need to go to the hospital and I want them medically cleared. Right now. Because the last thing I want on my watch is like a kid that... A drunken teenager. A kid that... Oh, that happens a lot. But like, I don't want a kid that like ODs in their fucking sleep or like is so drunk that they have alcohol poisoning or they vomit and aspirate and shit. Like, mm -mm -mm, dude, no. Now. Yeah. Take him to the hospital. I just thought about that a little too hard. I was like... Well, the apartment was shortly sealed off because <laughs> they were like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> as they're looking and they're finding, like, it, it didn't take long to find anything. The apartment's small. So, um, <laughs> the, it was soon filled with, like, the streets and the apartment, the whole building was just soon filled with detectives, officers, biohazard, any kind of law enforcement you can imagine is there. Plus, the news crews are there. Oh, fuck they're like, yeah, well, well, shit. As soon as people, like, what are all these cops doing? And it's the looky-loos and rubberneckers. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking news. Yep. <laughs> and I bet some of them are like, whoops. <laughs> I should not have done that. <laughs> Back. Mm-mm. Oh, God. Well, seven skulls were found. Four of them still had flesh on them. Mm. The medical examiner confirmed that there were remains of 11 men there. The scene was overwhelming to fucking everyone, even seasoned offeners. I was going to say... Oh, offener? That was an officer and a coroner combined. It's an offener. It's a double duty. (laughs) Seasoned officers and coroners. In the fridge, there was a head in a box. Not a dick in a box, but a head in a box. And by it was an open box of baking soda. But you got to change it every 30 days to maintain the freshness. Yes. Says so on the label. That was supposed to soak up the smell. He would have been better (laughs) off just to cover the whole fucking place in in baking soda. Um, Like, I wonder how many baking soda boxes he really had. That's like (laughs) a horrible thought about. Oh, fuck. What was the name of the little girl from the UK that we covered? Becky. Yeah. Remember when they Mm -hmm. like poured kitty litter all over her trying to cover up the smell? Yeah. What if they would have put mm. baking soda? Don't. Don't do that. It doesn't work. Because it was still stinky in there. Um, the freezer was full of bags, which they called unidentified meat. <laughs> <laughs> there were more heads found in the stand-up freezer nearby. They were like in black trash bags with twist ties. And this was the freezer that he kept blaming for being faulty. 
when his neighbors were like, it smells in there. He's like, sorry, I have this stand up freezer and it keeps dying and all the meat just goes gross and I don't notice or whatever. I just don't know until you guys complain. Right. Cause I can't fucking smell it. I have no sense of smell. He had to not have one or maybe he thought it smelled good. I don't know. At this particular juncture, I'm starting to think that he actually liked the smell of dead oh, I'm things. I'm sure. I'm sure. Cause that was his. <clears throat> he trophy dude he piddled with dead animals he fucked with them when they were at like their most fucking rancid i just had the worst you know what i mean like, like i have fucked up all right you know that i hate rock chucks fuck yes. rock chucks i will hunt them i don't i all of them i and i murder them all i would put their little fucking heads on spikes if spencer would let me i don't give a shit if they're big small pregnant fucking they all die okay all of yeah all of them. I made a pile one year of my little, you know, my rock chuck pile of dead things and uh, fucked up. It was nice and hot, middle of the summer. I left him there, went home, was going to like make a cocktail and go back out and uh, started drinking, decided I was done fucking killing stuff for the day, went out the very next day and that pile of bodies was like, I went to grab one by the tail and fling it and like basically uh, just pulled uh, its fucking skin off no. and I was like... No, I don't like it. So he was fucking with critters when their skin was falling off. Mm -hmm. The smell. And just like, dude, it's very visceral. Like that, I don't, no, no, no. You have to like that smell. He has to. Okay, here's my fucked up thought. You know how when you smell Spencer and he has a certain smell Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, that's, that's my person. What okay. if that's what that is for him? Because that's like the smell of dead bodies. That's his people. That's like cologne to him. Ah, God. Like he smells You raise a very person. good point. Ugh. I don't want to think of it that way, but ugh. Yeah, I can't you. not. Anyway. Anyway. In the corner of his bedroom, they found a box with two skulls and a bunch of pictures. Like it was like overflowed with pictures. Um... And then there was the big blue barrel jammed full of body parts and bones. There was a filing cabinet that contained three more skulls in the top part. And in the bottom drawer was like full of random bones. Because you know how he liked to sometimes like get all the flesh away Mm -hmm. from the bones. So he probably just had like dried out bones in there or whatever. Like I don't know if this is a people. I don't know if this is a horse's femur. I don't know what the fuck this is. (laughs) Yeah. Two more skulls were found up in the closet up in the top. Um, And in the bottom of the closet was a kettle. And I don't know. Like in my mind, that's a tea kettle. Is there a different kind of kettle that I don't know about? Not that I'm aware of. This has to be a big fucking kettle because it had a some somebody's man junk, like a whole dick and balls, and a set of hands. No, I could do that. In a kettle? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the painted skulls were also recovered because remember he had the skulls that he would boil and then mm-hmm. paint to make them look fake. Um. Plus more, more and more pictures, pictures all over the place. Of naked men, dismembered men, gutted men, in a backbend men. Um, if you've seen any documentaries about Jeff, which I'm sure, if you're listening to this podcast, I am sure that you have seen a fucking documentary <clears throat> about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, you've seen them hauling out the blue barrel and the freezer. Because mm-hmm. those are like the two most 
like, common. Right. They show the picture of the door and they show the tape where it's taped off and they show the people hauling the shit out. At that point, I stopped looking because I don't want to see something I know. <laughs> I don't want to see. I'm like, you know what? I'm good here. I'm going to close my eyes. So they might show them hauling out other shit. I don't know. Um, Like, you can literally smell it as they're pulling it out. I swear to God, while you're watching Mm-mm. it, you get the smell in your nose. Ugh. Hard no. Well, here's a series of unfortunate events that doesn't go towards Jeff for once. Um, Tracy Edwards was obviously all over the news for being the guy that survived and the guy that brought down a serial killer. But there was officers in Mississippi, which saw his face. What saw his face? They saw his face and they were like, dude, we know that guy. We've been fucking looking for that guy because he fled, um, and missed his court date for sexual assault on a 13-year-old girl. Well. Um, yeah, he ended up getting extradited and arrested and back to Mississippi for you, which he posted bail and blah. It was a whole thing. That's a whole different thing. But was Dahmer playing Dexter? Did he know about this? I don't hmm. know. Just kidding. There was no internet back then. How did he know? There was a little internet, but I doubt Jeffrey Dahmer had it. So going back to the night of the arrest, though, um, like while all the shit was getting cleared out, while they're finding all of this stuff, Jeff's taken in for interviews at about 1.30 in the morning. He's there until about 7.15. He knew at that point all the evidence. There's no getting out of oh, it. Oh, no, you're hosed. Yeah, so he was confessing for six hours. Of course. Uh, what? <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is the... <clears throat> What what's the saying? What's the phrase for something greater than caught red-handed? Yeah, I don't know. Caught Jeff-handed. Cause right? Yeah. Cause he was just like, you know what? You just dommered yourself. Yeah, you got me. So if you want to hear a story, sit down. Make sure you have your pen or your recorder or whatever. Go get your smokes. Go. go get your coffee. Yeah. Which they did like, and they gave him a bunch of cigarettes, pop, and water. But they asked if he was hungry, and he said he probably wouldn't be hungry for a long time. <laughs> hmm. Because you don't have any man biceps to eat. I don't fucking know. Perhaps human flesh sustains the metabolism much longer. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know either. His confessions were so dry and emotionless that it made everything even worse. Because I'm sure, again, going back to documentaries, if you haven't seen any, go watch them. You can find some that don't show a bunch of shit if you don't want to see a bunch of shit, because I'm a big sissy lala, and I don't like to see a lot of shit, but... There's plenty that just show him talking about it and don't show pictures. If you don't want to see that, you don't have to. There's no fucking emotion in this man's face. No, none. Not at all. It's actually kind of, I don't know. I rather enjoy the fact that he, it reminds me of the, the, the killer in Seven. Yeah. I love that. Love it. Because I think what irritates me more than that, or like, because it's scary, but what pisses me off is when somebody murders, multiple murders, but the the people like, for example, Chris Watts, when they are finally busted and there's no getting out of it and they decide to fess up to their shit and they start weeping 
and crying and oh my god what have i done i'm so sorry and me 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 me. no fuck no wrong (laughs) you don't get to do that now and I cert- like, and I know that the officers and the people that are working with these people, while they're getting a confession and letting them know, like, dude, we know that you did it. They're like patting him on the back and giving him a little shoulder tap, and right? like, it's okay. I know you feel bad. I'm with you. No, fuck you. Right. So and- when so when people like Dahmer just uh- sit there, all matter of fact, and tell you like, this is this, and that is that. I rather enjoy that because at least your fucking behavior matches your crime. Well, and his his weren't a crime of passion either. Like no. of anger, of anything. It well, was dude. I I'll, I say a little bit more about that in a minute, so we can go to that in a minute. But he had no emotion. Um. Do you know what else? The, what else? He says that he was not an alcoholic. Well, but all alcoholics say that. He said he only drank to numb his senses while he was doing what he did. So what the fuck did he do the other 350 or 60 whatever days a year? How many? I don't know how many he averaged killing. <laughs> what about the years that he didn't kill? He didn't kill for nine fucking years, but he drank through all of them. Are you numbing your senses? Mm-hmm. You didn't... Whatever. Whatever, Jeff. No, he was relaxing, which is exactly what I did. I'm just trying to take the edge off. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just tense. Okay, Stephen Lampley's book goes into detail about how he did it, and you get to read that to us right now. Right now? Whenever Jeff would dismember a victim, he stripped nudes so none of the blood would get on his clothing. Usually, Jeff placed his victims near a drain or a bathtub, stripped them naked, and then took out a knife and cut the victim right down the middle, starting at the top of the sternum and cutting downward. Once completed, he would then remove the internal organs. The organs were cut into small pieces and placed into plastic bags. Once the organ processing was complete, he would then begin cutting the flesh off, and he would start with the arms and move to the chest. He would work his way downward, ending at the feet. According to Jeff, the skin of a human was easily removed. Removed. It was removed. The flesh of a human is easily removed from the body, similar to removing the skin from a chicken. I don't like that. Please make it stop. Sorry. Why is it funny? (laughs) He related that the only difficulty came when he was trying to remove the skin from around the joints of his victims. To do so, he had to use a paring knife. When removing the skin from the heads of his victim, he would make a long incision along the bottom of the neck and cut upwards until he reached the crown of the head. Once this was done, he could pull on the flaps of the skin and the skin would pull off the skull with little effort, with the exception of the area around the eyes, nose, and mouth. The entire skin of the skull would come off in one complete piece, like a Halloween mask. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. No, it's not. That's why you're reading it and not me. I'm all excited. I'm like, I want to do it. I am pretty sure I would puke if I read it. Because I started reading it and I was like, nope. He would cut up the tissue into fist-sized pieces and place the pieces into plastic bags. Usually three were required as he did not want too much in one bag. Each bag would weigh approximately 25 pounds. 
Once a bag was filled to his satisfaction, he would then place the bag into another bag, triple bagging each one. If he did not intend to keep any of those bones of the victim, he would wrap the skeleton in a sheet, smash the bones into small pieces, and place them into a plastic bag as well. Typically, it took five plastic bags to hold one victim. Jeff would get the brains out of the skull by drilling several holes in different places into the skull, and then he would boil the skull. During the boiling process, he would use a large basting-type syringe and inject Soylex into the holes. This turned the brain into sludge and could be easily removed by taking the remaining vertebrae after boiling and then scoop out the brains. Once the brains were gone, he would then boil the skull once more until any remaining Skin and hair were boiled off. And now we know why the fucking smell in his apartment was so goddamned awful. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Christ. Fuck. Fiergas. Oh, yeah. It's fucking risty. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. No. Jesus. <coughs> and that's why I'm not reading it. I'm just thinking about the smell. Yeah. Like... I know what fucking organs and shit smell like, and then you mix it with a cleaner and just sit and boil it in the same fucking hot air. Yep. No! You nasty motherfucker. All right. Jeff would frequently cut off the skin on the bottom of his victim's feet because the thick skin interfered with his muriatic acid liquefying the muscles, and the bones in the feet. This is why we take the membrane off the back of the ribs before we cook them. Yep. Same purpose. Same fucking thing. And there's something you know now. If you don't take the membrane off your fucking ribs, that's why your shit's tough and tastes like shit. Jeff knew. Jeff knew some stuff. Note. Jeff bought the muriatic acid and the Soylex from the Ace Hardware on South 43rd Street and West Oklahoma Avenue and would often return the knife he bought at the knife store in the mall on several occasions to have it resharpened. They sharpened knives for free. Jeff bought two of the paring knives at Lechner's Kitchen Mart in the Grand Avenue Mall. I thought it said Lecter there for a second. I was like, that's fucking poetic. Right. Lechner. Close enough. When eating some of the body parts of his victims, he would often use steak sauce, meat tenderizer, and salt and pepper, and he would only eat the parts of the people he really liked. Jeff had two hearts and a bicep muscle in his freezer upon his arrest, and had he not been arrested, he had planned to eat them. By eating some of the parts of his victims, Jeff felt that they would be a part of him forever. <laughs> no, because you poop. They go out. No, you, you know that that, like, um, in, like, certain native cultures, the Wendigo was, it, it's a creature what eats humans. Anyway, um, the belief is that by consuming human flesh that you inherit, it's almost like the fucking quickening from the Highlander, but cooler, because you're actually taking on their strength and their spirit and their, when you consume them. Yeah, dude. I'm um, sure that there's somebody that's, like, way into that, that is like, that's not exactly how it is. Well, you know, that's the fucking Cliff's Notes dummy. Somewhat version. Oh, that's all? Is that all we get? Was that not enough? I'll no, read more. I don't need more. I'll read more. You guys want to listen to me read books? No. Jeff was different than most killers, like we talked about before, in the way that he didn't want his victims to feel pain and suffer. 
He was unlike Richard Ramirez, who loved to see his victims in fear. If you didn't show him fear, he did not kill you. Jeff was not that way. He just didn't want them to leave. To him, everyone in his life left him. He said he would rather have body parts with him than to have them leave. Get a fucking parrot. They last 60 fucking years if you get certain kinds. Get a fucking snake. They last forever, too. Get a personality. Maybe you could have somebody that wants to stick around. I don't no, fucking let's, know. No, let's, let's leave it like maybe maybe just maybe he doesn't even need a bird. Maybe just a reptile. Maybe a really big reptile that you could just like let free roam the house. Well, he had fish. Wrong kind of reptile. That's a fish. Well, I just may had a. He had a. I'm not saying fish are reptiles either. <laughs> I know, right? Fish are not reptiles, asshole. That's a, that's gonna be our next hate. I now. know. I'm gonna have a fucking zoologist up my ass. <laughs> he hated for he. He hated himself for what he was and what he did. He tried to stop many times. He tried church counseling, the occult. Nothing took away his desire to kill. He knew the best place for him was in prison, and he thought the death penalty was good for him because um, if he was released, he knew he would go back to killing. Here's a quote from him. I have... At least you know. I know. I have remorse, but I'm not even sure myself whether it is as profound as it should be. Ouch. Dude, I immediately thought of that scene from The Lost Boys. Now you know what we are. Now you know what you are. Like, Ooh. at least he knew what the fuck he was. For real. You know? Yeah, he knew. He wasn't trying to hide it. Yeah. Well, and he didn't try to candy Mm-mm. coat anything. No, he just know? straight up was like, so no, this, this victim. Is, this is this is what the fuck I is. I offered him 50 bucks to come back to the room. He said yes, so. The only thing that he couldn't come to terms with was this fucking alcohol. Look at all this shit you couldn't wrap your melon around. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Alcoholics are piece of shits. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that I am not. I am not that. I'm a murderer. But I, I am, am a not fucking an cannibal. Yeah. A sexual deviant and a serial killer. But an alcoholic, I am not. Fuck those guys. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. God. Whatever. Whatever. I have... And then the bitches whatevered. Yes. Jeff had a lot of psychological evaluations done, and many had different opinions about him. But either way, he was not deemed insane. Um, even though he went on with he went on with a trial on January 13th, 1992, he entered a plea of guilty but insane for 15 of the 17 murders. Because um, that's, that's all he was being tried for. He wasn't saying he was sane for two of them. He was only being tried for 15 of them. And the insanity trial began on January 30th on February 15th. And so it went that fucking long in a 10 to two majority vote. He was found to be sane for all of the murders during the trial. Jeff kept the Jeff was kept behind an eight foot tall bulletproof glass barrier that cost $15,000 in 1992, $15,000. It's good enough for the Pope. Yep. His security was the most expensive to date in a trial. Hmm. Yep. Um, really? Yep. Crazy, huh? Hmm. Um, I think it had, I don't know for sure. I might be talking out my ass, but I think it had a lot to do with A gay, A gay, A gay, B. A lot of them were not white. Most of them were not white. So race and gay. So I think that there was a lot of people that were like, fuck you. Fuck you, you gay white guy. 
I don't know. I don't know. My opinion. You gay, white, race mixing. Except, you know, the only thing. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> the only race he was really mixing was different people inside of his stomach. Yes. <clears throat> but on February 17th, he was sentenced to life plus 10 years on the first... Um, on the first two counts of murder that he got. Why do they add years? I think just to make sure they can't get out, because I was thinking the same thing while I was writing it. Like It's kind of like when they're like, we sentence you to 255 years plus life. What the fuck right. does that even mean? Like, Well, and then on the remaining 13 counts, he got life plus 70 years. <laughs> like, why are we, why are we adding? Like, just say life. Right. Life for never, never. We locking you up. We're going to throw away key. You don't get out. Goodbye. Um, Tommy, Tuami, or whatever the hell his, his name was, which was his very first one. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, he was not proven and he was never, he was never charged for it. Cause it's the one that he did away with the body completely. Right. I, I think, or was that the second one? I don't know. I'm getting confused. The 17 are all running in together, but it was the one that it had the retainer that he picked up hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> I could be wrong there, but one of them, one of them wasn't proof. Okay, we just read this, and I know that we just recently talked about all. This I know. Shit, but I don't fucking know. They literally all just. Hey, but if you guys go... want to know what my phone number was when I was nine years old and lived in Bakersfield, California, or my address, or my school lunch ID number, I could tell you that. But I don't know which one of these guys it was. Because there were seventeen of them, and I didn't have to repeatedly talk about it, so I don't know who was who. So. Um, Wisconsin didn't have the death penalty though. So it was just life in prison for him. Um, this is what you're going to read for us. It's Jeff's statement for the court. This is what him said. Yes, you are. We're listening to you read books again. (laughs) Jeff's statement to the court, your honor. It is over now. This has never been a case of trying to get free. I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, but not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness and now I have some peace. I know how much harm I have caused. I tried to do the best... I could after the arrest to make amends, but no matter what I did, I could not undo the terrible harm I have caused. My attempt to help identify the remains was the best I could do, and that was hardly anything. I feel so bad for those poor families, and I understand their their rightful hate. I now know that I will be in prison for the rest of my life. I know that I will have to turn to God for help to get me through each day. I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and created a holocaust. Thank God there will be no more harm that I can do. I believe that the only Lord Jesus Christ can save me from my sins. Dude, Jesus doesn't want you. Uh, like, even even Jesus. No, yeah. Even has Jesus his, like, even like, Jesus has his fucking limits. He's like, I didn't make that one. Let, that yeah, one's broke. I, we tried to fucking throw it in a pit. Didn't work. I have instructed Mr. Boyle to end this matter. I do not want to contest the civil cases. I have told Mr. Boyle to try and finalize them if he can. If there is ever money, I want. 
If there is ever, ever money, I want it to go to the families. I have talked to Mr. Boyle about other things that might help ease my conscience in some way of coming up with ideas on how to make amends to these families, and I will work with him on that. I want to return to Ohio and quickly end the matter so that I can put all of this behind me and then come right back here to do my sentence. I decided to go through this trial for a number, number of reasons. One of the reasons was to let the world know that there were these were not hate crimes. I wanted the world and Milwaukee, which I deeply hurt, to know the truth about what I did. I didn't want unanswered questions. All of the questions have been answered. <clears throat> excuse me. All of the questions have been answered. I wanted to find out just what what caused me to be so bad and evil. But most of all, Mr. Boyle and I decided that maybe there was a way for us to tell the world that if there are people out there with these kinds of disorders, that maybe they can get some help before they end up hurting or hurt someone or themselves. I think that the trial did that. The judge in my earlier case tried to help me and I refused his help and he got hurt by what I did. I hurt those policemen in the Conorac matter. I shall never... I shall ever regret causing them to lose their jobs, and I only hope and pray that they can get their jobs back because I know they did their best, and I, I just plain fooled them. For that, I am sorry. I know I hurt my probation officer, who was really trying to help me. I am so sorry for that, and sorry for everyone else that I hurt. I've hurt my mother, father, stepmother. I love them all so very much. I hope that they will find the same peace I am looking for. Mr. Boyle's associates, Wendy and Ellen, have been wonderful to me, helping me through the worst of all times. I want to publicly thank Mr. Boyle. He didn't need to take a case like this, but when I asked him to help me find the answers and help others if I could, he stayed with me and went overboard in trying to help me. Mr. Boyle and I agreed that it was never a matter of trying to get off. It was only a matter of which I place, I would be placed, excuse me, it was only a matter of which place I would be housed for the rest of my life, not for comfort, but trying to study me in hopes of helping learn and help other and teach others who might have these problems. I know I will be in prison. I pledge to talk to doctors who might be able to find the answers. In closing, I want to say that I hope God has forgiven me, and I think that he has. I know society will never be able to forgive me. I know the families of the victims will never be able to forgive me for what I have done. But if there is a God in heaven, I promise I will pray each day to ask for forgiveness, and when the hurt goes away, if ever, I have seen their tears, and and if I could give up my life right now to bring back their loved ones, I would do it. I am so very sorry. Your Honor, I know that you're about to sentence me. I ask for no consideration. I want you to know that I have been treated perfectly by the deputies who work for the jail. The deputies have treated me professionally, and I want everyone to know that. They were not given they have not given me any special treatment. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst sinners, Jesus Christ, might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever, 1 Timothy. One fifteen through 17. I know, sorry, that's funny. <laughs> I know my, <laughs> I know my time in prison will be terrible, but I deserve what I get 
because of what I have done. Thank you, Your Honor. I am prepared for your sentence, which I know will be the maximum, and I ask again for no consideration. Wow. After the trial, Lionel and his wife, Sherry, requested requested 10 minutes with him before he was transferred to the Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage. Um... Where they just talked, whatever, whatever they said. In prison, he was in solitary confinement. On May 1st, he was extradited to Ohio for the murder of Stephen Hicks. He pled guilty and was given another life sentence. Jeff liked the structure of prison. Remember in... uh, Mm -hmm. The military. uh, Yeah, he liked the structure. So he really liked the structure in prison. So he he was cool there. After about a year, he was taken out of... Um, solitary and allowed to interact with other inmates. He was allowed to have books, visitors, phone calls, and attend prison classes. He got to have a TV and a radio in his cell. And he even had a job where he was paid 24 cents an hour. He was also sent money from people outside of the prison. You know, the people. Yeah, he didn't know who it was. Sometimes he knew who it was. Mostly he didn't. Um, He did turn to Christianity and Lionel was sending him all kinds of whatever, you know, literature yes, about it. And he was baptized on May 10th, 1994. I know that they, this is a bad joke. They say that you leave the sins in the water, your sins in the water. I wonder what that fucking water looked like. <laughs> Yuck. Body parts and dead blowjobs. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. That sounds like a great name for like a cannibal corpse song. It does. Yeah. Body parts and blowjobs. Yep. Dead blowjobs. Dead blowjobs. Not just any blowjobs. Dead ones. Dead ones. On July 3rd, when he was walking out of the prison chapel, um, Osvaldo, Osvaldo Durothy, that's a, a great name, attempted to kill him by trying to cut his throat with a toothbrush shank because voices told him to do it. Fair enough. Um, he was, was on, probably the voice yeah. of God. Like, hey, for real, get him the fuck out of there. Kill that one. Shank that one. We don't Stick want it. Stick it like a pig. Yep. <clears throat> um, he was unsuccessful because the weapon broke, and he just got sentenced to five more years for attempted murder. Bummer. He was put back into solitary, but requested to go back into population, and was allowed back. Okay. Um, on November 28th, 1994, he was cleaning the bathrooms as part of his job that he got paid 24 cents an hour for. Mm-hmm. And a man named Christopher Scarver mm-hmm. and another one named Jesse Anderson were also cleaning the bathroom with him. Well, Christopher left the shower area. This is what they think, what they say they think happened. Um, went and got a barbell, came back. And he hit Jeff repeatedly with it until he was unconscious and bleeding all over. Jesse came over to see what happened, and Christopher did the same thing to him. Jeff died within the hour. They were found, like, face down in the showers in their own blood. Dude, those those fucking COs knew goddamn good and well what was happening, what was gonna happen. They, they... They're like, I'ma be busy at this point. Uh-huh. Be good... Um, I'm going to go get a very strong cup of coffee and take my morning shit. It usually takes me about 43 and a half minutes mm-hmm. round trip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this unlocked. You guys don't go in here. Don't go in there and get a barbell. 
<laughs> for sure. Don't do that. Like, come on, dude. Right. I have enough friends that are officers of the law, have worked in prisons and or currently work in prisons and jail and shit. Like, nah, y'all knew what the fuck you were doing. Mm-hmm. Quit it. Yep. Quit it. But they were found in their, bl- in their blood face down in the shower. So they were hauled to the hospital. Jeff died within the hour. And Jesse died after two days. Um, Jesse, crazy enough, was in prison for beating his wife to death. So, um, well, that's nice. When Jeff mm, died, he was my how the turntables. I know. <laughs> Look what you got. Huh? You got the same thing, fucker. Tee. <laughs> uh, Jeff was wished to be cremated with no funeral, but I found a little thing on on is for Murderpedia. So, who knows? But it said the third inmate. Um, in the work party was Christopher Scarver. He was a convicted murderer, reportedly taking antipsychotic medication. Scarver murdered a co-worker when he was angry at his boss. The boss got away. Scarver claimed that his boss was a racist and, and, and there had been speculation that Scarver, who was black, wanted revenge for the wrongs of Dahmer and Anderson, who were both white, that they had done to black people. So apparently Anderson's wife was black, I would imagine. Or there was another, I don't, another crime he committed. I don't know. The majority of Dahmer's victims were black. Anderson tried to blame two fictitious black men for murdering his wife. Oh, that's what it is. During a mugging. It's been pointed out that a desire for publicly, sorry, for publicity or status may have also been a motive for him to do that. Hmm. Scarver said to have delusions that he is Christ. He has been in psychiatric observation and treatment several times with diagnosis of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. He was found guilty of the murder and sent to prison. A jury apparently did not believe that he was insane. But thanks for doing the dirty work anyway. Right? Like, nobody was really going to be upset. No, I can't imagine. It's kind of like, fuck, I remember, I wished I could remember the dude's name. He kills pedophiles in prison. Yes, I I see his face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not a bad looking dude, white guy glasses, Mm -hmm. fucking tatted up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he was like, well, your honor, you molested little kids. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't shut up about it. If you're already there, fuck. Uh, I can get behind some fucking jailhouse justice when it comes to... Baby touching. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for real. Rape. Rape? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say all murderers deserve fucking jailhouse justice, because there's people that murder people, and they probably fucking deserved it. In, right. Not Let me, let me say that well, the yeah. way I mean it. In my opinion, they fucking deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, I like how I try to alleviate myself of my <laughs> opinion. Like, um, they probably deserved it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but not baby, not baby uh, touchers. No, and baby not touchers, rapists. Like, y'all can go straight to hell. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all we and have. felony animal abuse. Fuck mm-hmm. you guys, too. I know that there's so much more that could have been added, that could have been in there, that, you know... There's tons. There's tons on Jeffrey Dahmer. You could go on for fucking ever about Dahmer. But hopefully this satisfied your Dahmer boner. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... When you were passed out. (laughs) Sorry. 
I just thought of dead guy blowjobs again. I can't with that. Don't roofie strangers and suck on their penises after they're dead. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. Don't roofie people ever. Mm-mm. I mean, if you want to roofie yourself, and that's fine, but... Yeah. So uh, maybe stay, stay out, out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.